This is ATH Life Factors, and I'm Adrian. I want to welcome you to this first episode. I need you guys to do something for me before we get started because I have an awesome story to tell you. It's going to bless somebody, it's going to help somebody, it's going to teach somebody something. But I need you to do a few things for me. Number one, I need you to relax. I need you to sit back, number two. Number three, grab you some water, grab you some tea, some coffee, whatever it is, a snack or something so that you can do number four, you can pay attention. Number five, open your mind. And number six, keep up. All right, y'all ready? All right, I want to tell y'all a story today. It's a story that's near and dear to my heart, and I want to share it because I think it's really going to help somebody. And remember, that's what ATH Life Factor is all about. It's about helping somebody, encouraging somebody to keep moving, to keep going, encourage somebody to know that they are not alone. All right. So I want to start, I want to tell you a story about this little girl, okay? And now I'm going to reference this little girl in third person, okay, if you don't mind. So that's why I said, you know, pay attention, all right? So it's this little girl from Atlanta. She was the youngest of five kids. Her family moved from project to project. And if you know Atlanta, you know Carver Homes, Herndon Homes, you know, Bowen Homes, Banquet Homes, all those homes. So her family moved from project to project throughout her entire elementary school life. So as a kid, it was hard for this little girl to make friends and maintain kid-friendly relationships, right? So in the midst of this, she experienced you know, siblings teasing her at home, being the youngest of five and then at school she, you know she was off in the life of the party she was life of the party because her mom couldn't afford those jordan's jeans those glory vanderbilt jeans back in the day and the nike sneakers so her mom couldn't afford that because see her mom worked part-time at burger king and she cleaned up part-time so she had one of those salaries that just wasn't didn't suffice for you know, buying all that stuff. So she didn't have all that stuff. She got some stuff, you know, her mom went and put it on Layaway Zare. I know a lot of y'all don't know what Zare is, but it was just one of those stores, okay? So, you know, she didn't have all that stuff. And so she was that kid who got teased. And, you know, today we would call it, you know, bullying. Back in the day, it was joning. So she got joned on a lot at school because she didn't have all that stuff, right? Because, you know, kids are cruel. Kids are cruel. They didn't care how much money your mom made or how much money your mom didn't make. All they cared about was whether or not you had on the same clothes they had on. And, you know, if you looked like them, if you didn't, you were different. Because my mom believed in hand-me-downs. So being the youngest of five, of course, you know, I wore hand-me-downs. I wore everybody's hand-me-downs. And when I got those hand-me-downs, my best bet was to act like they were the newest and the best thing in the world to me because that was all I was getting. That was hand-me-downs. All right? So 
I was teased for that. You know, at home, you know, it was it was it was a gift to get your siblings clothes. So, you know, that was just all a part of being a sibling and then on top of that being the youngest sibling sibling. Um but I tell you what, if you can make it through a joining session at school, man, you were probably gonna make it through the year. But at the time you just didn't know it. <clears throat> Cause at the time, hey, that year couldn't come fast enough. Because everybody in the whole school, if it was your day, was laughing at you. Because you, you was the life of the party. So this little girl experienced that all throughout elementary school. And the latter part of elementary school, like third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, or maybe fourth to the seventh grade. Because, you know, back in the day, elementary school went all the way to the seventh grade. So the latter part of elementary school, she stayed at this one school from third grade to seventh grade. And so she was excited about that because, you know, they had done so much moving. So just to be stable in one place at one school, that was, she was excited about that and just praying that they didn't move again in the midst of this elementary school. So during that time she realized she had some athletic abilities because where they lived and believe it or not they finally moved into a house so where they lived she had some friends and they were other young ladies in the neighborhood and all of them were athletic so they all like to play basketball and then even in this elementary school they even played flag football so during that time she realized she had some athletic abilities right and so that was just a way or another way for her to fit in and be more accepted by her peers. And that's what happened. Her athletic ability gave her the opportunity to gel with these other uh, kids, these other young ladies. And so she began to make some friends. She began to form these friendships and she was excited about that because the significance of the thing here, what I want you to hear is that as humans, we have this hierarchy of needs and they include um, self-esteem, uh, having a sense of belonging. Um, we wanna be loved and we just wanna feel like we're a part of something. So those things are important to us. So as she began to feel those things, she started to feel pretty good. She started to have a little more confidence because she could play basketball and she can play that flag football. The key word in that is flag. We played flag football. We we still we we still play now. We still got down with those sports now. But that flag football, we really enjoyed that. And after elementary school, we didn't play any more flag football. It was on the basketball. So basketball is a favorite sport. And when she played, she loved it so much because when she played, she was so good that people started to know her name. So, you know, she developed a shot because remember they played so much when they were in elementary school, they played all the time. So they had some skills when they went to high school and they went to the eighth grade. So, you know, they could shoot and she could shoot a jumper. Um, she could drive the ball behind her back. You know, she was, she was an impressive athlete 
no doubt a tomboy, but she didn't care about that because she was finally being accepted by her peers. And she had friends, even though she hung with the smart kids. So even when she got there to eighth grade, she gelled more with the smarter group of kids versus the kids who were considered the in-group. You know, the kids who wore all the flashy clothes and the nice sneakers and all that stuff. She gelled more with those smart students and um, considered them more of her friends because, you know, they, they really accepted her better as well. And so now having those friends, she also had support from the administrators, from her teachers, from her coaches, because she could play basketball. So it was like everybody knew her name, especially when she was on the court. Everybody knew everybody's name on this team because, you know, we had come from elementary school together and we all played basketball together in elementary school. So we 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 just jailed when we got on the court. It looked like we had been playing basketball all our lives and we were just in eighth grade. Some of us was almost already ready for varsity basketball. So we were just that good. We were just that talented. We had those skills. And so now this little girl, you know, she's thinking, okay, I survived all the, the joning, AKA bullying today. She was feeling different. You know, she thought all because she could dribble she can shoot a basketball. Yep, she can dribble in between the legs. She can go behind the back. She can cross over, twist some ankles, and she can make a shot. <laughs> Those of you who play basketball, y'all know what I'm talking about. You know that feeling. It was great. And oh yeah, don't don't forget this. I don't want I don't want to leave this out. This little girl, she could throw. She could rebound the ball on one end of the court, while her teammates who were the guards. Now just kind of picture this now. The other team shooting the ball, missing. She getting a rebound. As soon as she getting that rebound, that ball goes up, those guards, they take off to the other end of the court, to their basket. And she would throw this ball from one end underneath that goal, all the way to the other end to the point guard who was so fast. She was already almost down there under the goal. A nice, sharp, crisp pass right to her. And she made the layup. So she could throw that ball from one end of the court to the other. It was great. It was great. That was just one of the best, best feelings to, to play basketball so good. And just being on the court made her feel good, right? This basketball, okay, the game she loved. Um, and she said, okay, she said, I got to keep playing this. I got to do this because I want to go to college and do this. So the excitement, you know, she said, you mean I can actually go to college and play basketball? And all I have to do is practice, listen to what the coach say do what the coach tell me to do so I can get better. Yeah, all that was good. It sound good. It sound real good. You know, coming from where she came from, coming so far from graduating from being bullied, having no friends, 
to now having friends, realizing she had a skill playing basketball, playing well, people knowing your name, people saying your name when you're on the court. And now this idea of even going to college and playing. So she felt like she had a goal and that goal was to make good grades. She was already on the way with that because she was already hanging with smart people. Make the good grades, keep playing good basketball, go to college so she can keep playing basketball, even after high school. But there was one problem with this scenario. And that problem was she couldn't stand her coach. And guess what? The coach wasn't too fond of her either. You see, this little girl, she grew up in the hood. Growing up in the hood, you got a basketball and you got a court or a basketball goal that's outside, right up against the, the, the curb stone. You know, in the hood, you didn't really have sidewalks. So it'd be on the curb. So we had a basketball that was up against the curb. And that's how we played. She played street ball. This this eighth grade stuff she was doing in high school, that was the first time she'd ever really played organized basketball. So she had a hard time separating the two. She had a hard time separating street ball and organized basketball. But let me tell you something, baby. When she got it, when she learned that organized basketball, whatever that was to her, when she started picking it up, and when she started adding all that between the legs, behind the back, finger roll, and all that stuff, oh, you couldn't tell her nothing. Well, you could tell her something. She didn't really brag. So that just kind of helped the coach forget all about not liking her or not being fond of her, I should say. Because initially, you know, the coach wasn't that fond of her because she was like, oh, she played that street ball stuff. She didn't think she was going to do anything. Didn't even think she would be able to adapt to the organized ball. But when she started adapting to that organized play and then slowly or gradually adding that street ball, oh yeah, she was good. She was good. And let me say, she may not have been the most popular or had the, the best experience. But one other thing she could do on top of playing that basketball is laugh and make others laugh. Because see, when you live in the project and when you go through stuff, you have to learn how to adjust. And you have to learn how to get through it. You got to learn a way to get through it. So basically, she got through it via laughter. You know, how some people want to sit and they just want to just dwell on, oh, why me? Oh, this is me. Yeah, we had a rough life. We had a rough growing up. My mom didn't have all the money. But guess what? She didn't ever make us feel like she wasn't nothing. She didn't ever make us feel like we didn't have anything. 
She just didn't do that, and we just didn't see that. We knew we were struggling. We knew my mom didn't have a lot of money, but my mom didn't ever allow us to see her just down, like she was down and out and hopeless. We didn't ever see that. We seen my mom adjust, and that's what we did. We adjusted, right? So after all this little girl endured in the past, you know, she didn't have a she didn't have a choice but to laugh. And then when she started laughing, you know, it was it was infectious. So other people started laughing as well. And guess who started laughing? The coach. The coach started laughing. She was funny. So not only was she adjusting to this organized basketball, but she was creating laughter. She was creating a positive environment on that team, along with the others, not by herself, along with the others. She was helping to create a positive environment because so, they were having fun. So not only are you playing great basketball, but you're also having fun. And so that coach started to forget all about you know, this little girl, she didn't think it was going to do anything with all that street ball. She started to say, okay, she's probably okay. Okay. All right. And you know what? It's something about making people laugh. You draw people in, you draw people near when you make them laugh. So that esteem and, and her confidence, it was almost to the roof, but not all the way there yet. So the coach started showing her interest. Started showing her interest in her game. She worked with her more, trying to get that street ball out of her, but that didn't work. You couldn't take all of it out of her. So, you know, she tried, but that didn't work all the way. So the coach learned that this little girl, not only did she have a skill, not only did she have a gift, but she left-handed. But she was a nerd, so she was smart. So she was making the grades. She wasn't stupid. So the coach started taking more interest into her. She started giving her rides from, from practice if she needed. She started giving her rides home. Um, coach knew her mom worked two jobs. Or, so she worked mornings. She worked late nights. So mom couldn't come to the games. Mom couldn't pick her up from practice. And mom really couldn't afford all those costs that came with playing organized basketball. You know, all her sisters and brothers, you know, they, they didn't pick up from practice because, you know, they weren't into sports like she was. They were older, so, of course, they were smelling themselves. They were all into themselves and what they were doing. So they weren't a bad bunch of kids. You know, they didn't get in trouble. They didn't go to jail or anything like that. They were just selfish. They were just into themselves, right? They weren't going to do anything stupid because they know mama was wasn't getting nobody out of jail. Cause getting out of jail, getting people out of jail, that didn't that wasn't included in her cleaning and her Burger King salary. No ma'am, no sir. And she made that clear from the rip. So moving on with the story. Mom couldn't pick her up and couldn't do all these things, go to the game. 
but it was okay. It was seemingly okay because she had worn over the coach because she was putting forth, forth more effort in practice and she was gelling with the team. The team was gelling, had already gelled together anyway. So since coach had started giving her rides home, you know, mom wanted me to meet with coach because you know, my mom wants to know, okay, who is this person dropping you off? Because, you know, my grandmother lived, grandmother lived with us too. And grandmother was like, okay, she watching everything. So she needs to know who everybody is. And so mom had to learn who this person was. So she wanted to meet the coach. She wanted to meet this coach. So she had a face-to-face -face meeting with the coach. Coach came over to the house. All right. She just let her know, hey, I want to know who this person is bringing my baby home to and from practice, to and from games if necessary. And so, you know, my mom was a hardworking single, single parent, five kids, two part-time jobs. Okay, she couldn't always be there. That's okay. Kids, they never go without a meal. They were clothed and they knew mama loved. They knew mama love. So after mom met with coach, mom okayed it, you know. She seemingly trusted the coach. And so the little girl was like, okay, mom is okay. I'm okay. So she respected and trusted the coach too. Because mama said it was okay. So coach started talking to her more, started getting getting her excused out of her classes to go and sit in coach class and just keep her company or do whatever she needed done. And if you think about that scenario, okay, getting a little girl out of class, not for any particular school reason, but just so she could come to your class to keep you company in your class as a teacher, as a coach. You know, it sounds strange. But nevertheless, because coach did it, the little girl respected that coach did it because coach is an adult, coach is a teacher. So if the coach is doing it, then it must be okay, right? And then all the other teachers respected the coach, so they never questioned the excuses from class. So the little girl thought it was normal. They made it seem normal. So when they told her to be excused to see the coach, she went along, she went along with it. As long as she didn't miss her work from any of her classes. And one thing the little girl didn't do was miss her work. If there was something she needed to stay in class for, she couldn't go. So, coach would get out of class, having all these conversations while she's sitting in class, learning all these things about the little girl. Coach even picked her up from, for church on Sundays sometimes. And the little girl loved it. She loved it because she grew up in the church. So she enjoyed, she enjoyed being around kids at church, learning, learning all the books of the Bible, going to Sunday school. She enjoyed it. 
So all of this, all of this playing the basketball, um, building a relationship with the coach, friends that she had in elementary school, those relationships continuing. Meeting new friends, a smart group of friends, making good grades. So the little girl couldn't be happier because she had gone from moving all over the city of Atlanta, changing schools, being joned on, not fitting in to being well known, accepted, liked. She had gone from bad to good. So everything felt good. She felt good. So on top of all of that, you know, the coach started to buy her gifts, offer help without the little girl or the little girl's mom asking her for help. Drop her off. She'd come to the house and, you know, grandma lived there too. So grandma noticed the little girl bringing all this new stuff in the house. She noticed she started having more money than other siblings. And so grandma, being grandma, Grandma G, y'all know who she is. She started asking questions. Grandma was like, where are you getting all this money from? So of course the little girl tell her where everything is coming from. Coach about this, coach about that. Coach gave me this. Coach gave me that. So Grandma G want to know. She want to know. Why she giving you all this stuff? Why she giving you money? Why she buying this and why she buying that? So little girl's like, hey. Grandma G, she just being nice. She's a nice lady. So Grandma's like. Nice, ain't nobody nice. What she want from you? And the girl's like, she don't want nothing. Grandma ain't playing that. She's not having it. Grandma ain't stupid. Grandma's like, don't nobody give you nothing unless they want something. So the girl, she gets offended because she genuinely, genuinely feels like this coach is being nice to her. And she genuinely feels like she has earned the, the, you know, the acceptance that she has gotten from the coach and from the teachers. So she feels like, hey, she's just being nice. She wanna help, she wanna help us. So grandma being grandma, feeling what she was feeling, she was like, no. Nah. She said, I don't want her to come over here. She's like, we don't need her help. She said, I don't want her to come back over here. I don't want her putting up in my driveway and tell her not to come back over here. And she better not come back over here. And you know, grandma, she's like, I ain't playing either. And so little girl gets upset because she don't understand why Grandma is saying what she's saying. She don't understand why. So 
so she's upset. So I want to point something significant out here to you. And um, that is that this little girl, just understand that this little girl always viewed and respected her coach as an adult, as a leader, as an overseer, an advisor, and as a Christian mentor. You know, she looked up to this coach because the coach back in her day, she was a star. She was a basketball star. She always told him about how good she was and she played in college. So the little girl was, you know, hanging on to all of that and that, all that information and how she always talked to them and, and wanted them to aspire to being better than she was when she was in school. She was this basketball star, so they wanted to be a star too. So she remembered, she remembered the coach you know, the coach befriended her mom and the, and her mom trusted the coach, so, so did she. Now we're talking about a little girl. We're talking about, you know, an eighth grader. You really don't. You don't know how to make decisions. You're not in a place where you're thinking like an adult because you're not an adult. So I just wanted to, I wanted to point that out because remember that because of what happens next. So because mom or coach was tempt, attempting to build this relationship with mom to gain the trust from the little girl, from the family. So one weekend, the coach asked the little girl if she wanted to go with her and her family to see a college basketball game. And of course, of course the little girl was excited. She's excited, she wanted to go and see all of this stuff that the coach had already been telling them about. She wanted to go to a game. She had never been to a college basketball game personally. So that meant a lot. The only thing is that the little girl would have to stay all night at the coach's house. And then she didn't think that she would be able to go and see the game or go to the game because she had to spend the night at the, at the coach's house and she didn't think her mom We'll let her stay out all night. She knew she asked Grandma G. She was gonna say no right out the rip. So she didn't even want her to know. So the coach called the mom, had a conversation with the mom, and lo and behold, the little girl was able to go on the trip. Mom gave her strict instructions though. Told her how to behave while she was there. 
hey, you're going to sleep in the guest bedroom, bedroom. Don't mess up. Leave stuff as you found it. All that, all that stuff my mom used to tell us. And that was stuff we had to do at home anyway. So she was excited and nervous all at the same time. You know, she was a little girl. So, of course, she was excited about being able to go and see, go somewhere different and then to see something different that she had never seen before. Of course, she was excited. And she had never, she was nervous and excited because she had never spent the night away from home other than with relatives. So when she arrived at the coach's house, man, she didn't move until she was told to move. She didn't go in another room unless she was told to go into another room, go to the kitchen unless she was told. She didn't do nothing. She was also scared because Coach had a dog and a cat. Woo, she wasn't used to that at all. Because, you know, Mama didn't play no animals in the house. And she remembered her mom stating that she was sleeping in the guest bedroom. So, she took a shower. And after the shower, after she got dressed, put on her pajamas she was um, waiting for the coach to direct her into the room where she would be sleeping and the coach did so the room where she directed her it didn't look like a guest room it didn't look like a room where nobody slept it actually looked like an occupied bedroom She did what she was told. Went into that room. She got in the bed. She was excited. It was like Christmas Eve. She was she was just ready for the next day because she was ready to see that game. So she proceeded to go to sleep. And not sure of how much time had passed. before she had fallen asleep. But after so much time, she felt the bed move. And when she opened one eye, she noticed it was a coach. So the coach got in the bed, same bed she was in. So she closed her eyes real quick, tried to go back to sleep. And not sure how long it took her to go back to sleep, but she was able to go back to sleep. Then after that, however much time passed, she felt the hand. And she felt the hand touch her breast. And I want to stop right here. But I want you to make sure you tune in to the next episode because I'm going to share in detail what happens next after 
the young lady had gone to sleep. Then she feels a hand on her body that touches her breast. Just want to remind you that this is a, a little girl, eighth grade. And this story is relevant today. And I want it, I, I want and I am sharing it because I want I want you guys to hear the details of a story as such and what happens and try to paint the picture and start at the beginning to try and paint a picture of innocence. Because when you're young and when you don't know a lot and you're, you're seemingly innocent, but you know, when we're young and you know, we might do mischievous stuff and things and that's because we're kids and kids do kid things and that's what kids do so sometimes we get it mixed up and we think that just because kids do kid things that they are aware of things and stuff that happens like adults are aware and they're just not So I want to paint this picture and show you guys how the mind is easily manipulated. And when the mind is manipulated, what can happen? And what can happen when you, when you trust? What can happen when you believe people are good until they show themselves bad? And this happened then, then, but unfortunately, this still happens today. So make sure you tune into the next episode of ATH Life Factors, where you hear more of the story of the little girl. Thank you for listening to this episode.